Welcome to the Co-Mission Podcast, a place to hear talks, teaching, and conversations from across the Co-Mission Network. This week, a conversation between church planters. Lizzie Ross sat down with two of our church planters, Zim O'Coley and Sand Stevenson, as well as the Director of Church Planting for Co-Mission, Richard Perkins, to talk about church planting strategies in different contexts throughout London. Co-Mission is a church planting network. What does church planting, what does it look like in Co-Mission? How does it work? We've increasingly talked about starting new churches uh, under one of three broader categories. You can start a new church from scratch, uh, which is what Jay Mariner did down in Brixton. It was him, a Bible, a big smile, and a determination to reach Brixton with the gospel. Mm. That was was pioneering, starting from scratch. You can start from health, from growth. Uh, So... A lot of Dundonald's planting in Rains Park has been from the growth they've seen and taking a group of people to, a, to another location like Worcester Park and starting a new congregation over there. So that would be starting from health. Or you can do it from decline. So where churches, whether they're free church or Anglican, where there has been a, a, a decline, um, you can put a team in there or someone can get appointed to try and turn around the trajectory of gospel growth in that context. And so we're, we're increasingly thinking about those. They're different models, they're different ways of doing things, but, mm. but the end result, you want to be the same. A lively, gospel-shaped, gospel-believing, gospel-sharing mm. church that's established where, wherever it is. Of those three, we were the more pioneering model. Mm. Um, so, we, so we were at Dundonald Church, Rains Park, um, and, we, and we didn't leave with a team, at, at least in part because actually the, the makeup of the congregation um, that we were serving at, at Dundonald, um, wasn't a student... Um, congregation um, and we wanted to we wanted to deliberately try to reach students we had a heart for students mm-hmm. and um and we just kind of thought that there was a combination of stuff that um that meant that um you know, there'll be that we could go there was some funding to support us and the opportunity came up to go nobody else was going to go um and also the need in Roehampton is a huge university 10,000 students mm-hmm. and there just wasn't anything local in Roehampton for Roehampton students and um that's what we wanted to be so we so we went and we started trying to meet people um, we started a Bible study with a little team of people, um, and in God's kindness, we've we've grown a little bit. We're still not huge, and we're still sort of trying to work out how to do church together um, in a really small way. Um, but uh, but we but we're driven by a desire to to reach students with the gospel. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's that's kind of how we can. You're off the ground. We're off the ground. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, yeah and we're, and we're trying to work out you know what the next stage is. How you know how we can become established. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we wanted to start a student-focused church rather than sort of a uniquely student church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yes, we're trying to work out how to do that now. Would you say that was similar for you, Zim? Or? Well, it's a slightly different journey. I mean, New Life Church Catford is probably a mixture of a pioneering model and a sort of taking a healthy mm-hmm. group of people, a small group of about 13 adults from a partner church, Fresh of Broccoli. Personally, my journey has been one of being involved in a previous church plant, so it was part of the launch team for the Bridge Battersea, which is a plant onto a housing estate. And so that was a real time of growing in passion for church planting. And so looking to move on, thinking actually I'd love to be able to start a church plant that intentionally goes into an area where there is um, social diversity, ethnic diversity, and intentionally tries to reach that diversity and capture the appealed for that reason. Uh, And so our launch group has been a a mixture of myself coming lots of energy and and sort of passion for that area, but actually, a real generosity and partner with Richard Broccoli, who provided a co-leader with myself, Remy, and they're launching for about 12, 13 adults. And so we're, we're starting our first Sunday service in the week's time. Uh, we're excited about reaching Catford and then seeing who comes through the doors. Yeah, interesting. So you, you'd seen the model work, you've been part of that yeah. model, you're replicating it out. 
Yeah, yeah. and sort of learning things, With taking mothers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, how does so Peckham? It's your second church plant. What's the model? Veteran, veteran of the scene. <laughs> yeah. So, so similarly, what, what's, what's the sort of model in Peckham? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that, that compared to Ballam. Yeah, it is pioneering. Mm. Um, and it, in one sense for us, we felt that we could. So um, myself, together with Nigel Stars, the director of Cornhill, had a conversation. Uh, he and Lizzie had moved over there uh, into that neck of the woods. Um, and they thought that there was, there was room for a reformed evangelical mm. church. He said, how about it? Uh, about the same time, I was transitioning away from being the senior minister at Ballam, uh, moving into the director of church planting role within commission. So in one sense, I could be bivocational, as could Nigel. Um, you know, Nigel will be the senior elder, but uh, will be a, a leadership team, and we're hoping to make an appointment with someone else uh, onto that team. Uh, and, and we are literally sort of trying to find people who have a heart for Peckham, um, who might want to be a part of what we're doing. You know, one or two congregations have already said, look, actually, there's some, we've got someone who comes to us uh, mm. who, or who would love to be a part of Peckham. Mm. And there'll be a big loss to us, mm. but there'll be a real blessing to you. Um, and they go with our support. And you, so we're, we're at that stage where we're trying to, to gather a core team into a launch team where we can actually begin to say, actually, you know, look, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to do it. This is what church will look like. And we've had a series of prayer meetings, which have been a real joy, um, uh, yeah, and a real delight to be a part of a group of people who have not got, no, who've virtually got no common history, gathering together to pray out of a concern for God's glory in Peckham, which is just great. Mm -hmm. And how was Peckham different from Ballam? Ballam now is not what Ballam was. So when I went 15 years ago, it was different, um, and it may well be that Ballam, sorry, that Peckham is on a trajectory. Uh, towards the kind of gentrification that has changed the shape of Ballam. You know, Peckham is being gentrified, particularly the East Dulwich, you know, gentrification is pretty aggressive. But there's the North Peckham estate, you've got Nunhead, you drift into to New Cross. Um, so there's a much more diverse uh, area where there are different communities, but if you wanted to brutally caricature the place, you'd say you've essentially got a West African heritage um, community which is Ghanaian and Nigerian in background and then you've got a sort of white creatives younger young professional mm. but but it's, it's a bit broader than that and th at the moment those two communities largely I think move past each other mm -hmm. they're around each other but there's not a whole heap of, of interaction. I don't want the gospel only to make inroads into particular communities. And there can be something just about the integrity of a, of a, of a bloke with a, with a gospel to share. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we've seen up in, um, up in, in Beckerview Church in Dagenham with Mike Reese, yeah. just, yeah. just, a, just a, real, a real heart for, for people. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily Mike's cultural background he's trying to reach into in Dagenham, yeah. but he just loves the people that he's trying to reach yeah. and, and, and really wants to see good news of Jesus' death for sinners take, take root in the life yeah. of um, in the life of those that uh, he meets in you know, Beckentry so I, yeah sometimes we get a bit kind of pushed back on all the intentionality of kind of trying to organise and plan who, who we're going to reach and, and I guess all the say we, we wholeheartedly believe that actually you do need to think through that because when you don't think through kind of how you're going to contextualise your area then actually you bring your own context and mm -hmm. actually sometimes that's ineffective but Probably, I think what I'm also learning is also to trust in God's sovereignty ultimately. So, to firmly believe that actually Jesus means it when He says His sheep hear His voice and they follow Him, and mm. they wouldn't follow a stranger's voice. So, 
we probably want to say to you what we believe is that the word of God is what yeah. speaks to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. myself and Remy down in Catford, as we teach the Bible, we really hope and pray because of the thinking we're doing, there are lots of people from ethnic backgrounds that are different to the dominant um, ethnicity in, in, in the country would come through the door. So we're looking at West Africans, mm-hmm. we're looking at white working class people as well. And But we know that ultimately actually the word of God is what's, yeah. that's what's going to do the work so we're, we're also open to surprises in terms of who yeah. might come through the door yeah. Um, yeah, but I think the, the key question that all of us are having to ask is um, while we want that to be true yeah. and we're confident that God will do that the means he employs is us yeah. trying to establish what, what, how do we connect with people who otherwise might not just walk into our doors yeah. and under the sound of the gospel. Mm. You know, that that's the questions that we're having to ask because in one sense we're having to be more deliberate about that. Mm. We haven't got a church of 150 that has its own gravitational mm. pull mm. such that you get transfer growth into a re- region yeah. and a family turns up every now and again. Mm-hmm. And you everyone thinks you're doing a great job because you've stayed at 150. Mm. But there's actually been no gospel growth. Mm. Christians have been encouraged and that's a mm. brilliant, brilliant yeah. thing. The thing we're having to do with planting is, in one sense, when we, particularly when you plant with no no numbers, we're having to say we do need to go out there and find people mm. and connect with people and gain traction. Uh, uh, otherwise, we're not going to be making progress as a church. Mm, yeah. And I think that's the key question. So yeah. I, I abso- I'm absolutely with you. I want people engaging with the Bible, hearing about Jesus in the Scriptures. Mm. The question is, how do we? make that easy for people yes. to make that transition and church planting in that sense isn't that different from other kinds of ministry no. as in we want to have a, a burden for things to grow you know, so, yeah. what, so I used to I used to run a run a youth group in my, in my ministry training um, at Dundonald Church uh, in Rains Park and um, and we started the year with 30 and and if we finished the year with 30 then that would have been a good year you know I, mm. but actually when you start with zero um, if you finish a year with zero, that's you know. That's, yeah. you want, so you have a burden. Yeah. But yeah. When you when you start really small, you have to try and make something happen. Otherwise, things. And, just and pioneer and parting is starting with zero. Mm. Yeah. And, but I think what what you boys face particularly is there is an there's an acuteness of the pressure. Mm. So so in other words, the danger is in the church on 150 because if you're still at 150, you can. You know, you feel yeah. happy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. The anxiety's not there. <laughs> yeah, You're not yeah. thinking, do you know what, if this doesn't work, this is yeah. going to close down. Yeah. Whereas you are, you two have to live with the daily reality of, do you know what, if this doesn't go well, if we had a bad week, um, you know, what, what's what's going to be here next week? Yeah. That, and that's, that presents its own acute pressures where doctrines like the sovereignty of God yes. are just liberating. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Commission Podcast. Check out and share a video version of this talk on our Facebook page. Just search for Co-Mission. Next week, a conversation about church planting with two of our pioneer church planters and director of church planting for Co-Mission, Richard Perkins. <laughs>